Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, if you're like me, you're probably like, what did we just watch? So believe it or not, that is the intro to our new series on relationships. And I really believe that this series is going to be super down to earth and practical. Because let's face it, everybody here in this room is navigating some kind of relationship, whether you're single or married. And as we get going into the message for this morning, just a piece of advice to those of you who are not married yet. Don't date a tennis player, because to them, love means nothing. Oh. And if you don't know what I mean by that, then just ask somebody who plays tennis. But seriously, though, love is the glue that holds relationships together. And I'm not just talking about romantic love. My favorite definition of love is giving somebody what they need the most when they deserve it the least at great personal cost. That is love. And three words, I love you, are some pretty serious words. And some people take those words really seriously. Some people don't take those words seriously enough. Just a little bit about my story. As I was dating my wife, I dated her for three months before I proposed to her. Now, you can say that is moving pretty fast, and you're probably right. But in that time, I waited two months before telling her that I loved her. And it's not because I didn't love her. It's not because I was scared to say those words. And it's not because I didn't have like those warm, fluffy feelings. I just wanted to make sure that when I told her that I loved her, that I was taking those words very seriously. And all throughout our dating relationship, there were a lot of like up and down moments some super awkward moments. And I brought all the awkward to the relationship. From things like when she extended her arm for a hug, I gave her a high five. And there was also another time when I put myself in the friend zone when she asked us where I saw our relationship going. So all these awkward things, but there is one thing that I can look back on and think, I did a pretty good job with that. And that was... Uh, pretty immediately after we started dating, I got this fancy journal, and every single day for two months straight, I wrote her a note in this journal. And then after those two months of writing a note every single day, in the last note to her, I told her that I loved her, and I gave her that journal for Christmas. So just about everything else in our relationship could have fit a comedy sketch, but that moment right there, that is what Hallmark movies are made of. And all that to say, um, I took really seriously saying to my wife, I love you. And some people are quick to say those words. Some people are slow to say those words. But whether you say it fast or slow or whatever, I think what really matters is that you mean it. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll be watching a movie and there's characters in this movie and somebody will be like, I love you. And in my mind, I'm thinking, no, you don't. You just have fluffy feelings for that person or you just want something from them. It's, a, it's about taking, not about giving. I don't know if you've ever felt that way in watching a movie and where you're just thinking like, ah, that's just like pretend love. So we're going to do something a little bit interactive right now. I'm going to show you some slides of some movie characters, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if in this relationship you think that is real love or pretend love. 
And I did my best to find movies that I was hoping most people here in this room would be familiar with. If you haven't seen the movie before, then just look around the room, pay attention to when other people raise their hand, and then just do the same thing, all right? So here's the first one. This is from a movie called Frozen, Hans and Anna. How many of you think this is real love? All right, looking around the room, right? All right, here's another one. Between, or I'm sorry, fake love. I'm getting ahead of myself. How many think this is that pretend love? All right. Yeah, I think you're right. Here's another one from the same movie, Anna and this guy named Kristoff. How many of you think this is pretend love? How many of you think this is real love? All right, yep. Just for an animated movie, probably. All right, here's another one. Prince Charming and Fiona, this is from the movie Shrek. How many of you would say this is pretend love? All right, yeah. How many of you say this is real love? All right, we're in agreement there. Here's, here's the next one. Pretend love, what do you think? Real love. All right, yep. And here's another one. This one, I got to clarify, this is a mother-daughter relationship. Just to clear things up, this is from a movie called Tangled. So that's Rapunzel. That's the not-so-nice mother. How many of you, so maybe I gave it away. How many of you would say this is real love? How many of you would say this is fake love? Yep. All right, last one. This one is for a different generation. This is from a movie called You've Got Mail. This was a recommendation from Kurt, so I had to do a movie, uh, movie night with my wife just to make sure it's okay to put this up on a screen. But how many of you uh, would say that these couples in this movie, that it's fake love or, yep, fake love? Yep. All right, how many of you say it would real love? All right, one person. You should go watch the movie. All right. So... We all know there is a difference between real love and pretend love. But what is that difference? What makes real love real love? And so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning, that question that we're going to be answering. And I really believe that this is going to be a relevant conversation for everybody here in this room, whether you're single, dating, married, and and whether or not you're a Christian, the answer to real love is the same for all of us. And so we're going to take a look at a passage in the Bible that talks about how Christians should treat each other. And so this passage is not necessarily about romantic love, but what it says about love, I think, applies to every relationship in our lives. And so if you have your Bible with you, you can go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, and we'll be in verse 19. And if you don't have a Bible with you, you can just go ahead and follow along on the screen behind me. So in Romans chapter 12, in verse 9, it says, Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Now just imagine, what would this world be like without pretend love? What if there wasn't this whole bait-and-switch kind of deal of presenting yourself a certain way but then having strings attached? If there wasn't pretend love, I really believe that there would be a whole lot less hurt, less trust issues, less insecurities, 
less bitterness. And so if we can just get this thing right, I think this can make all of the difference. And all of us know what it's like when other people have demonstrated this kind of pretend love towards us. And so let's understand what does it really look like to pretend to love somebody. Some other Bible translations, instead of saying pretend, they say having love without hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is a term that has its origins in play acting. And back in the day, when they would do plays, um, somebody could play the part of multiple characters, and all they had to do to take on the part of another character is to put on a different mask. So here's an image of a mask from like the first century and, and how they would do this. And when somebody's sitting there behind, an at, or behind a mask, it, the way that they present themselves isn't really a true reflection of their feelings, of their beliefs, of their values. They're just putting on an act. And I think a lot of people do that today where they don't necessarily put on a physical mask, but they're just putting on an act. And they'll come across like they have your best interests in mind, like they really care about you and they want what's best for you. But sometimes you can see through that act and you can see there's actually some strings attached, that there's actually an agenda at play. And if we're being really honest with ourselves, this isn't just the kind of thing that other people do to us, but sometimes we do this to other people, and the way that we treat other people isn't necessarily a true reflection of what we really believe or how we really feel about that person. And I think it's important what God says here. He says, don't just pretend to love other people, really love them. And how do we do that? He says, to hate what is wrong. And I think this is important because you can't hate what is wrong and then take advantage of somebody at the same time. You can't hate what is wrong and then manipulate somebody at the same time. You can't hate what is wrong and at the same time put somebody else down with your words because that is a contradiction. Just in the same way that you can't hold on to what is right and at the same time mistreat other people because that is also a contradiction. So let's go ahead and take a look at the next verse here. In verse 10, Paul goes on to say, Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. So remember, this passage is not necessarily talking about romantic love. This is talking about how Christians should treat each other. But this applies to all relationships. And when it says to love other people with genuine affection... That really means um, loving somebody like you would your brother or sister, or at least how you would love your brother or sister in a perfect world. And when I think about the kind of love that I have in my family, I think about my family just helping me in times when I need help. Like when I was moving to different places, my family was right there helping me move furniture. When it came time for me to renovate my house, my family was there painting walls with me. And my family's been there to help with babysitting and things like that. And all the times that my family's helped me, I've never felt the pressure to like reach into my wallet and pull out some money to pay my family for helping me. Because they weren't helping me for some kind of incentive. They weren't looking to get something from me. 
Their whole intention of helping me out is because they actually care about me, and I care about them, and I look for ways to help them as well. And I think that this is what it means to love other people with genuine affection, that we're not just looking for some kind of incentive or something that we can get from people in return. And this is something that we can do as a church as well. And sometimes when we talk about the Tunkana campus, we call each other our church family because we try to be like family to other people and help other people in need. And I've seen this in my own life. There will be families that call me up and just to say that, Uh, They cook some extra food for dinner, and they have some leftovers that I can take home and not have to cook a meal for my family. Or the times when somebody helped me build some garden beds over the summer, or somebody bought me a new car battery when I needed one. Or a few weeks ago, uh, there was a shortage of the formula that we need for our son, and he has this milk allergy, and he can only take this certain kind of formula. And because there's such a high demand for this stuff, it's really hard to find on the shelves in stores. And so we just reached out for help and asked people if they've seen it around. And we were just so loved on by the generosity of our church family and people stepping in and meeting that need. And I'm just talking about my experience as one person. And I know that as a church, You guys are loving on other people in ways that I don't even see, ways that I don't even know about. And I think that this is what it means as a church to love on each other with genuine affection. And I think that this kind of love should also carry into our personal lives and the way that we love other people. And we're going to take a look now at the last part of that verse. And I think that last part kind of summarizes everything that we've been talking about with love, and that is take delight in honoring each other. And the point is, one thing that every good relationship has in common is honor. And honor could be defined as giving value to something or someone. So to give you an example of that, around Christmas time, my wife was picking out a Christmas gift for herself. I guess that sounds a little backwards, but sometimes that's how it works. And she really wanted to get these new bed sheets. She wanted it to be the color and style that she always wanted. And she wanted linen bed sheets, which I guess is an upgrade from like the cotton ones that we had before. And so that was her Christmas gift. And getting new bed sheets, that's great and all. But what I didn't realize is that these things would be treated like relics that belong in a museum. And as soon as we had these new bedsheets, there were a whole bunch of rules that came with them. Rules like no eating in bed, no changing dirty diapers in the bed, and no letting the baby drool in the bed, and no letting the cat in the room, and no letting the dog in the room as well. And along with not letting the cat in the room, that meant we had to move the litter box out of the back room, which was next to our bedroom, to a different room in the house where we also had to set up a gate so the dog wouldn't eat the cat poop. (laughs) So you can say, man, that is a big hassle just for some bed sheets. I agree. But I guess that's what you do when you honor something. You treat it like it has value. And God values everyone. And David wrote in one of the Psalms about God. He said, what are mere mortals that you, talking about God, should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. 
And then next verse says, Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. Now, this verse isn't just talking about Christians. This isn't just talking about people of a certain moral caliber, people who have certain accomplishments in their life. This is talking about everyone. Everyone has value, not because of their accomplishments, not because the family they were born into or anything like that. Everybody has value because they are made in the image of God. And Paul even said that we are God's uh, workmanship. We are his masterpiece because we are made in the image of God. And so the question is, do we honor other people the way that God honors people? Do we treat people with value the way that God does because they are created in the image of God? And unfortunately, I really think that so many relationships fall apart because we don't get this right. We don't get this right sometimes because we give people value. We assign them value not based on the fact that they're created in the image of God, but we assign them value based on what we can get from them in return or how they make us feel. And so sometimes what we can do is we like put somebody up on a pedestal and it's like they're the best person in the whole world because they give something to us that makes us feel good. They like fill a certain hole in our heart. But then that moment when they stop making us feel a certain way, that moment when they stop giving us what we're looking for, then it's like we rip them off of that pedestal and treat them totally differently. I think sometimes this plays into like dating relationships and you put that person up on a pedestal that you're dating and you just, you're looking at them through rose-colored glasses and you think they're the most amazing person in the world who could never do anything wrong. And then what happens when you break up? Ripped off of that pedestal and treated totally differently. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't break up. Like if, if your relationship isn't going to work out, then don't force it to work out. And I'm not saying that you should just look at other people through rose-colored glasses or just uh, live in la-la land. But I do think that God cares about the way that we treat people after a breakup. I do think that God cares about the way that we treat our ex in a divorce. And it's so easy to go from um, giving value to somebody to then going to your friends and being like, let me tell you about this piece of trash that I just broke up with. They're going to social media and railing about this person. They're like, maybe they've done you wrong. Maybe there's some traits about them that are not very positive at all. But the real question is, are you going to still treat that person with value because they are made in the image of God? And I think this even applies to marriage. And, and it's... It's the good days and the bad days with your spouse. Like, are you going to treat your spouse on a hard day the way that you would treat them on a good day? Or is the way that you treat them based on the way that they're treating you or how they make you feel in that moment? And so I think it's important for all of us to remember that God values everyone, and we should also value everyone, not based on their merit, not based on what they can offer us, but based on the fact that they are made in the image of God. And so as we wrap up, I just want to walk through just some tips or some pieces of, of advice 
for how we can honor people in our lives. And there's going to be a bunch of examples here, and don't feel like you have to apply all of these today. Uh, Maybe as we walk through these, the best thing that you can do is just pick out two or three things to work on in your life in order to honor people and to treat people with value and respect. And so here's the first one, to honor them with your words, to look to praise and lift others up this week. Instead of thinking about how you can one-up somebody with what you say, maybe think about how you can boost them up with your words to be encouraging and uplifting. And here's another one. Honor them with your actions. In the same way, instead of um, serving somebody with strings attached of like trying to win a favor down the road, of just loving on somebody as if they're part of your family, out of your care for them, and if Jesus says that uh, we're to love our enemies, just think, if somebody's not your enemy, it just makes it all the easier to love on them and to show them honor. Here's another one, uh, to honor somebody with your reactions. Even when somebody treats us poorly, and it's so easy to just come back and treat them the way that they treat us, but this would be showing grace to somebody, even when they don't deserve it, because that is what grace is. Or in those moments where somebody is not really at their best moment, and maybe everything within you wants to step in and correct them and tell them how they're not living like Jesus and what they need to do to fix themselves, uh, maybe just remember that in those moments, we tend not to be very persuasive. But God can do an uh, even greater work in their heart than we could ever convince them. And so maybe the best thing that you can do in those moments is to just quietly pray for that person, uh, that God would work in their hearts and that God would help diffuse that situation. And then here's another one. Put down your phone, listen, and be present. And whatever we fix our focus on is just sending the message of what's important to us. And I know there's times to be on our phone or times when we have to work on other things, but just as much as we can, sending the message to people that we love that they are a priority in our lives and that we value them. And then here's another one. And I know this can be hard for some of us, especially when we're a little bit better at being present in the moment because when we're present in the moment, it's hard to prepare for the future and being somewhere on time. But again, this is just about sending that message to somebody that you care about their time and you want to make it a priority to honor them and honoring their time and showing up there. And here's one more, and that is ask for input and contribution and consider it. And something that I've learned from marriage is if I ask for Gabby's opinion, not to tell her why I disagree with her opinion as soon as she gives it. So actually consider it and make that person feel heard and valued in your response. And then this is actually the last one here, and that is when you have sinned against somebody, don't just say, I'm sorry, or brush it off as a mistake, but use the words, I was wrong, will you please forgive me. And those words are so powerful um, because it, it takes a lot of humility to say that, but that is an incredible step towards reconciliation and towards honor. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us, that you value us not because of anything that we could do to earn your love or earn your approval. And God, I pray that we would 
uh, just be an example of you in the way that we interact with other people, that we would represent your love to this world that is really, um, <laughs> there's just so much pretend love in this world, so much brokenness, so much hurt. And I ask that uh, we would show the difference between um, loving apart from you and loving with you and that um, we can love because you loved us first. And God, I ask that um, you would just bring healing to any relationships that are hurting right now. And I ask that you would help us to honor other people. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.